Oh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. A very Merry Christmas to you all. A very warm welcome to those of you who are in the building with us and to those of you uh, who are following, following along online as well. Uh, Merry Christmas and welcome to you all. At Christmas time, we really want to be, be thankful, thankful for all that the Lord has done for us, but also be thankful and, and be mindful of those perhaps who don't have as much as we might have. Uh, and in that light, we want to, to just really highlight our Christmas Day offering, uh, which we'll give towards uh, Open Doors, who help with uh, persecuted Christians all over the world, and as well, uh, a local charity, Sharing Life Trust, uh, who help provide food and care uh, for those locally. If you'd like to give towards that, uh, there are some details on the weekly email, uh, or you can give uh, in a basket just as you leave uh, this morning. Whilst we're grateful to God for, for uh, the gifts that he gives us, for the good friends and good food, I'm sure that many of us will have uh, later today. Uh, we're really thankful to the Lord for his ultimate gift to us, uh, his son, uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, that he sent his son into the world uh, to die for our sins, uh, that we would know uh, God, and that we would know something of his, of his love and of his goodness towards us. As we hear from Sarb later, uh, this really is the, the greatest gift that any of us can receive at uh, this Christmas as God came down from heaven in the person of Jesus uh, to rescue us. And so as we come to worship uh, the Lord Jesus this morning, uh, let us just take a moment of quiet uh, just to settle our hearts, and, and then we'll come to pray. Let's take a moment of quiet. God of light and hope, of stars and surprises, open our eyes to your glory and our hearts to your presence, that we may respond with joy to the angel's song through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to welcome one another in a moment just to wish everyone uh, a happy Christmas. But before we do that, I'm just going to uh, take a second just to prepare our hearts before the Lord and um, to say sorry to the Lord for the moments maybe this past week, maybe even today uh, when we have uh, sinned against him. So we're just going to take a, a moment to pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are uh, sorry for the times uh, this past week, uh, maybe today even, when we have failed you. And we're sorry when we have become angry, uh, when we have been impatient with others, when we have spoken harshly to others or spoken uh, in words which tear people down. And we pray that you would Help us to be patient, loving, and kind as you are. And we pray, Father, that, that as we look to Jesus, that what he has done, that we can be sure that our sins have been paid in full. And so help us, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, to live differently, to live a, a life which pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, and now at, uh, at Christmas time, uh, Christmas is a, a time of, of peace. Uh, it's a message of peace. When the, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, uh, they said, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Our greatest peace comes uh, being reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus. And we experience that, that peace through him. And so it's good to, to pass that on uh, to others. And so when Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, he said, peace uh, be with you. 
And we're going to have the opportunity now to, to share uh, the peace now by, by saying to one another uh, these words. We're going to say, the peace of Christ be with you. And in response, you'll say, and also with you. Uh, you might want to accompany this with a, with a handshake, a fist pump, or just a friendly smile. Uh, because I know some of you might be feeling under the weather and you might not want to exchange, <laughs> exchange gestures. So uh, please do take this moment just to greet one another. And in light of that, just stay in our seats maybe uh, so that it's not chaos. Uh, please stay in our seats. Just uh, greet the people close to you uh, and give them uh, your peace. Let's do that now. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the goodness, love, and kindness that you've shown to us in sending your Son into the world, that we can experience life in all its fullness through Jesus Christ, as God came to us in the flesh, Emmanuel. Thank you, Lord, that through all the Lord Jesus has done, that we can enjoy an eternal relationship of love through his sacrifice for us on the cross in dying for our sins. Thank you, Father, that he is the light in our darkness, the hope in our hopelessness, and the deepest joy in our sorrow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the eternal hope, peace, and joy that you hold out to each one of us who believes. And Father, we pray for those who are going through trials, who are suffering right now. We pray for those who are living through war. We pray for the people of Afghanistan, Pakistan, and many countries in Africa, such as Nigeria, where there is ongoing conflict. Lord, would you bring peace there, we pray. We pray too for all the Christians in those places, uh, for the work of open doors and supporting uh, persecuted Christians. And we pray that, that even in the the, the war zones that people would be reconciled to you that they would know the peace of God for themselves we pray for the Ukraine we pray for peace there Lord we pray for the people both of Ukraine and of Russia that even in the darkness of war people would turn to, to you and know your peace and Father we pray for our country as well we pray that you would give our government wisdom and humility as it looks to the to the new year ahead with the various challenges. May you help them to govern well. We pray for the vulnerable in our country and in our local area. We pray for those who are seeking asylum, Lord, that they would find safety. We pray for single mums, single dads who are struggling to make ends meet. And we pray, Lord, for all those who are struggling financially. May you provide for them. We pray as well for those uh, children, the vulnerable children this Christmas, Lord, would you protect them and provide for them. We pray as well, if you think of giving towards the work of Sharing Life Trust, uh, Lord, we pray that that would really be a blessing to people, that it would help people in their need. Help us, Lord, to be a generous people who seek to meet the needs of others in light of the fact that you have met so many of our needs. And Father, we pray for those who are who are alone, who may be alone over Christmas, over the Christmas break. Sometimes that might be unwanted loneliness, un- unwanted singleness, relationship breakdowns, the loss of a loved one, or perhaps struggling with anxiety 
or depression. Lord, would you be their rock and refuge? May you shine the light of your love into their hearts that they might know that you are with them and that you care for them and love them. And Father, for those who who do spend time with friends and family this Christmas, we pray that you would help us in that, to lead in love. Help us to be full of the fruit of the Spirit this Christmas, that we would display the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness of Jesus. Help us, we pray, in that. And we pray, Lord, for the blessing uh, of your word. We, We thank you for Anne as she comes to read to us. Would we have open ears to hear and soft hearts to receive? We pray for Sarb as he preaches. May you speak to us, Lord, through that word, that we may come and worship the Lord Jesus as those who came many years ago bowing before him in worship at a manger. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The reading is from Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And thank you so much uh, for reading for us. Before I start, uh, let me pray. Our Father, we do thank you for uh, the most amazing gift of all, uh, the Lord Jesus. I pray that uh, you would help me speak clearly this morning. Uh, Give us all uh, attentive ears and soft hearts. Uh, Reveal to us uh, the incredible beauty of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Presents. Presents. Love them or hate them, they are everywhere at Christmas time. And I wonder, have you ever stopped to think, why? Why? Why do we give and receive presents at Christmas time? 
Uh, some of us have spent weeks agonizing over the right gift uh, to buy for our loved one. Some of us popped out last night to buy a last-minute gift at the petrol station. Uh, but thinking about what our loved ones would really like, what they really need, and what would really please them uh, drives us when we are seeking a gift for those that we love. What would really cause their heart to sing? Maybe for the budding artist, somebody who wants to join Spectrum, somebody who has a need, uh, then perhaps a gift of a painting set would be an ideal gift to meet that need. Or perhaps you have a parent who is a keen gardener but doesn't have the implements, and a gift like this would meet that need. Maybe it's a bit too soon to joke about this, but uh, maybe you know someone who would like a book on how to take the perfect penalty. But the point is, the point is this, that uh, the gift that we give oftentimes reveals a need that the recipient of the gift has. The gift reveals a need. And so I'm sure that some of you have had a nativity set at home uh, and have been pondering it uh, over the weeks. Uh, And I wonder what you thought about the most amazing gift in the nativity set. I'm not talking about the gold, not talking about the frankincense or even the myrrh, but the most amazing gift of the baby Jesus. Now, if we're thinking people, which I'm sure you all are, if we're thinking people, whether you're a believer or not, then you've got to be thinking this, haven't you? What is it, what need do I have that is only met by the gift of the baby Jesus? What is it that I need that is met by the gift of the baby? So what's the need that we have that makes Jesus the perfect gift? Now, God sent his son, Jesus, because we all have one profound need. And it's this. It's to be loved. The deepest need that we have is to be loved. There's a study done in 1915 where they looked at babies who weren't loved, who weren't touched, and they fared much worse than babies who were cuddled uh, and loved. And that's a need that continues right the way through our lives. As we grow older, that need for love remains just as strong. But the question is, what is it to be loved? What is it to be loved? How do we know that we've been loved? Uh, In Sinclair Ferguson's uh, book, devotional book, which we've been using as we've journeyed through Advent, uh, it's called Love Came Down at Christmas. He sets out four different facets of the diamond that is love and how do we measure that love. And he puts these four attributes down on uh, in his book about how it is that we know that we're loved. We measure love by the greatness of the person who loves. Can you imagine being loved by royalty? We measure love by the gulf between the one who loves and the one who is loved. Can you imagine being loved by someone who lives in a palace and you live in social housing? We measure love by what it is willing to do for the one who is loved. What will the one who loves you give up just for you? We measure love by how long it lasts. Is it a summer romance or is it a love that's set to last for a long, long time. 
And we want the extremes of this, don't we? Uh, as uh, in each of those four categories, the biggest gap that's possible, that's what we absolutely want. In the words of that, the famous words of Spinal Tap, we want all of those turned up to 11. Yeah, Love that comes from the one that the world loves and admires for that person to come to us. The one with 7 billion Twitter followers to set his or her love on us with only one follower, my mum. Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah, We want a love that will die for us. We want a love that will last beyond the grave. That's the love that we want. And that is love that only God himself can provide. But there's a problem. There is a problem. And the problem is us. The problem is that when we look inside our own hearts, we see that we aren't actually that lovable. We're oftentimes self-centered, we're hard-hearted, unreliable, or even unfaithful. And sometimes the good things that we do, we do those with poor motives. And we're all the same. We are all the same. We all want what we think is best for us. We all think that what we want is much more important than what other people want or need. And that leads to the brokenness that we see in the world. And as we look at the state of the world with its hostility, uh, its anger, its exploitation, its greed, it's a picture of our hearts writ large. God cares about the injustice that's been done by Putin. God cares about the wrongs perpetrated against the weak and the vulnerable. God cares about the lies that we tell, the corners that we cut, and the people that we hurt. It matters to him. And as big a problem as the broken human relationships are, it's nothing compared to the hostility of our hearts towards God. We've rebelled against God and we have broken that one relationship. And it's not a small thing, uh, even though uh, we might think that it is a small thing. Uh, Lance Armstrong, the now disgraced cycler, uh, wrote a biography. Well, actually, I think we should call it fiction, but he wrote a book um, called It's Not About the Bike. How true that was, it has turned out. Uh, and he writes a small reflection in here uh, about what he would do uh, after death uh, if he ever came uh, before God. And he writes this. Uh, quite simply, I believed I had a responsibility to be a good person. And that meant fair, honest, hardworking and honourable. This is Lance. If I did that, if I was good to my family, true to my friends, if I gave back to my community or to some cause, if I wasn't a liar, a cheat or a thief then I believed that should be enough. At the end of the day, if there was indeed somebody or present standing there to judge me, I hoped I'd be judged on whether I had lived a true life or not. But Lance didn't live the life that he described. Even though he thought he'd lived it, he just didn't live it. And that's the problem. No one, no one, has ever lived that true life. And as we come to God, as we come before him on that final day, like Lance, we too will fall short. Now, 
if our rebellion against God has made us his enemies, if on that last day no one can stand before God and say that they've lived perfectly, how can we know, you and I, how can we know the love of God? You see, that is what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is the answer to the question, how can we be sure, how can we be sure that we've been made right with God? Uh, The answer is the present that God gives in the manger. It's the gift of God's one and only son. It's a gift that tells us both the what and the why of the gift of God's only son. Firstly, the what. What? What has God done? In sending his only son, God's telling us that the problem of our rebellion against God is too large for us to fix by ourselves. That no amount of good things that we can do will ever make it right. We can't fix it ourselves. So the what has God done? God has seen the brokenness of the relationship. And he has chosen to fix it himself. To pay the price himself. And so he sent his only son to do that. And Jesus, the God child born in the manger at Christmas, grew to be the God man. And Jesus lived the life that we should have lived. He loved God perfectly and he loved his neighbor as himself. Then, having lived the life that we should have lived, Jesus died the death that we deserve. The God child born in a manger at Christmas grew to be the God man who died on a Roman cross at Easter. He willingly died in our place, in yours and in mine, to pay the price of our rebellion, the righteous dying for the unrighteous. Christmas, you see, points to Easter. Because on that cross, the price of our rebellion was paid in full. That's the what has God done. But how about the why? Why has God sent his son? And the answer to that question is really simple. Love. Love. Even though we have rebelled against God, he sent Jesus because he loves us. He loves you and he loves me. And the only way to have us with him is if he pays the price of our rebellion against him himself. And Jesus came in love to do that. And that's the love that we need. Uh, In Sinclair Ferguson's Four Tests of Love, this is the love that meets our deepest need. This is the love that is turned up to 11. Firstly, we measure love on the greatness of the person uh, who loves. And there is no one greater than Jesus. There is no one greater than him. The one who spoke all things into being. The one who sustains all things by the word of his power. The one whom the whole of heaven adores and sings to. There is no one greater than Jesus. Secondly, a measure of love is the gulf that exists between the one who is loved and the one who loves. And there is no gulf larger 
than between God and humanity. And God has settled his love on you. Uh, thirdly, we measure love by the one who loves what he's willing or she's willing to do for the person who's loved. And so just think about that for a moment for Jesus. That the one who was born was the one who was in heaven in the arms of the father from before all time began. The one who had everything in heaven. The one true king over all kings. And that's the one who laid down his majesty, put down his crown and clothed himself in humanity. Being born in a manger to an unmarried teenage girl. He came in meekness for you and for me. And for you and for me, he humbled himself. He slept beneath the stars that he had made. For you and for me, he submitted himself to our trials, to hunger, to homelessness, to poverty, betrayal, grief at the death of a loved one, the injustice of a kangaroo court, the brutality of torture, and the humiliation of being stripped naked and nailed to a Roman cross. And all of that because of his love for us. Uh, if it were possible to imagine, if it were possible to measure love, uh, could we imagine any love doing more than that? I, I think Sinclair Ferguson had it half right. Love did come down, but love came in. Love came into our mess. Uh, fourthly, we measure love by how long it lasts. And the promise from God is that it will last with him through all eternity. And the resurrection proves that. So what has God done? He sent his son into the world. Why has he done it? He's done it because of his love for us. What are we to do? Well, as with all gifts, the call is simple. Receive it. Receive it. The gift is not yours until you've received it. To trust it. And I wonder if you've done that this morning if you've done that see that's why we give and receive gifts at Christmas we're acting out the drama of Christmas the drama of God who in love gave the most precious gift he had to the ones that he loved the ones who choose to accept that gift Giving those whom he loves the one gift that most profoundly meets the deepest needs of their hearts. The gift of his love. And the gift of love is beyond all compare. It's a love that our hearts were made for. It's a love that our hearts will not rest until they find it. And if you're here this morning as a believer, think about that. Think about the truth of the gift that has been given for you, the great love of God revealed for you in and through the gift of Jesus. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not a believer, uh, maybe a friend or a relative dragged you along, you do want to be stuck at home peeling spuds and potatoes. Uh, Whatever the reason, it's great that you're here with us. But think about this. You're now about to spend three or four or five hours having Christmas lunch. Why not... Spend one hour in January with me over a pint 
or a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and chat about the claims of Christianity. If it's possible, if it's just possible that God loves you that deeply, that sacrificially, and for all eternity, wouldn't you at least want to ask a few questions? Or come on to uh, Colin's course, What's Life All About? Ask those questions. Uh, As our closing song, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, And as we sing this final carol, let the truths of that carol really stir your heart. It starts with reminding us that because of the newborn king, God and humanity, God and sinners are reconciled. They can be reconciled. Then the one born in the manger is the one who will die on the cross for us. And because of his death, that we can travel safely through death as well. Born that men no more may die. And finally, that these things are indeed good news. Because of that, all nations, you and me, we can joyfully sing that the Saviour Christ was born in Bethlehem. Uh, Father, thank you so much uh, for the gift of the Lord Jesus at Christmas. Uh, Thank you that uh, in and through Christ uh, we can know eternal life. We can know uh, a life reconciled to you, starting now and stretching through all eternity. Uh, Comfort our hearts, stir our hearts with those truths. And Father, for uh, for those of us who aren't sure, uh, might you prompt us, uh, might you guide us, might you speak to us. I encourage us to ask those big questions. Uh, Bless us all this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Please do uh, think about what Sarb spoke about there. Maybe if you want to connect with him or myself or Neil or anyone else, uh, just to talk about the the things of the Christian faith, if you'd like to know more about that. There's some some Gospels, uh, some uh, Gospels of John or or Mark at the front door, if you want to grab one of those, read it over Christmas. Uh, There's also uh, a course, uh, a series starting in January. Uh, entitled What's Life All About, um, beginning 10th of January for four weeks. Um, If that's something that might interest you, or you know someone that might be asking questions of life, who am I, what's my problem in life, what's my solution, what's my ultimate hope, um, please do uh, reach out to me, uh, get in touch. There's little flyers there, you can grab them just as you you walk out. Um, uh, Let me wish you a a very uh, blessed uh, Christmas day, and uh, a happy new year when it comes. Let me pray to close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.